0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And uh, make sure you check out their brand new shirt, by the way. It is uh, themed with one Mr. Bill Cower. Fear the Scowl is the title of the shirt. It's actually pretty, pretty cool. And um, as you know, 26 shirts always... um, kicks out uh, money from every shirt sold to uh, a local Pittsburgh charity or cause, and uh, hopefully they'll sell a lot of those because it's a it's a great shirt, obviously, uh, owed to to Coach Cower heading into the Hall of Fame. But um, tonight, we are going to dive headfirst into the offense of the Pittsburgh Steelers, tear it down. Look it over and build it back up, uh, and obviously there's a a lot to do with that and talk about the needs and the guys that are just fine and all that other stuff. and to do that with me, of course, are Ben and Ian, and I will just tell you right now i i know I know Ian has a nice shot of uh, uh, whiskey in his hand, and I have a a very delicious Bell's official beer in mine. Uh, ben, are you uh, drinking a uh, an adult beverage this evening? Nope? Well, you completely ruined the feng shui we had going there. Yep. Uh, I did. You're right. right. I just got yeah. done at the
1: gym, man. I'm not I'm not doing that right now. Uh, maybe later. Okay. I need to get all some right. sleep
0: tonight. I'm I'm being a sissy. You're right. You you didn't you don't rehydrate with beer? I mean you know. No, I you know. no. Yeah, that's a shame. Not today.
2: Eh, well, well. It's weak uh, stuff, Ben. I'm over here drinking is. old overhaul whiskey. It's pretty Ooh. weak.
1: My buddy... My buddy Drew, who's currently in Pittsburgh right now, he's sitting in Swiss Vale visiting his mom. He, if he were here right now, he'd say, you know what, Ben? You sound like a real bitch right now. <laughs> Literally, that's what would come out of his mouth.
0: Well, hopefully he's not saying that to his mother right now. So uh, no, no. But yeah, he said it yeah. to other
1: people in his mother's presence. I'm like, really, dude?
0: Ooh, Seriously? Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> there's always a line there when mom's around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, guys, let's let's dive into the the offense here, and and you know we'll we'll start right at the uh, the head position here, um, and and uh, Ben uh, obviously it's a coin toss right now as to. A, just, just how much Ben Roethlisberger comes back. B, what that elbow's going to do. And then, of course, you can fill in CDE, all that other stuff. Um, where where are you with the quarterback situation uh, as it has been dictated by both Art Rooney, too, and Mike Tomlin in terms of Ben, and then Mason's our guy backing him up. And, and then from there, we think duck, but we don't know. Where are you on all that? Uh, Well...
1: Okay, start at the beginning. Ben uh tore a few tendons in his elbow. Yep. Uh, there are five tendons total in the elbow. He tore three, okay, so this is not like a minor injury. Mm-hmm. however, could have been much worse if he torn the ligaments and had to have Tommy John surgery, it would have been worse yeah. uh, and i I want to drive that point home for people. It's not as big a deal as it would have been had he had Tommy John surgery now. We're not really going to know for sure how effective he's going to be until he comes out and starts slinging it, you know, in August. Um, And he's not really going to know until he starts throwing the ball, but, you know, all signs point to a, a complete recovery from the injury at Mm -hmm. this point. But, you know, I mean, you hear that every time an athlete gets injured. So we're not going to know. Anyway. Going on to the backup, look, I know that people want the Steelers to sign uh, an, an experienced backup to, you know, to up Ben right. rather than having Mason back there. The bottom line is this. The Steelers just can't afford it this year, absent a new collective bargaining agreement right. being ratified before the end of March, or actually March 19th. Right. Uh, and it, it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So you know, it's gonna be Mason next year. Uh we have to hope that his mental game improves. And I I think that that along with his footwork is the worst part of his game. He's a pretty accurate passer, especially between the numbers. He's not great outside the numbers, especially mm-hmm. deep. Uh but his biggest problem is just recognition. He just he's not reading defenses very well. Uh he gets heavy footed in the pocket when he yep. when he gets anxious. You can see that. And his footwork just kind of sucks. And I mean even Ben at this point in his career, you know, he's like Merino-esque. He's got better <laughs> footwork than than uh Mason in the pocket. So that's gotta improve. Uh at number three, honestly, it wouldn't shock me to see Paxton Lynch surpass Duck hodges and and bump him off the roster next season and and, and remain as the number three he's got the big arm yeah. um he's got the height he can see over the line i kind of think that you know Hodges turned back to a pumpkin at the end of the year there and well, i don't yeah. know that that his psyche is going to recover from what happened to him at the end of the year we'll see um but everybody who who predicted that he was going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, I don't know what the hell you were smoking. That was never going to happen. Um, no. And then you know we've got J.T. Barrett, who I don't really see even being on the roster in July. So you know, unless it's a, as a wide receiver.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, you know, or or if we open uh with the Ravens and they keep him on the practice squad to uh emulate Lamar Jackson. Um yeah. but but yeah, I I I tend to agree with you. I think the toss up here at the quarterback situation is going to be the number 3 uh for the reasons you laid out. Um Ian um but before you give your general thoughts, do do you think um the overall fan base were were we too hard on Mason Rudolph? I mean, in a sense it was basically his rookie year wasn't it
2: i mean it's in a sense yes you know there's there's no substitute for uh in game experience mm-hmm. um and the other thing that's worth noting too is that last year when when Mason was actually a rookie. Um, he was number three on the depth chart behind Josh Dobbs. So even in yeah. practice during the season, Dobbs was getting the backup snaps and Rudolph wasn't even getting a whole lot of practice time during the year. So right. um, it, it really was um, kind of like getting thrown into the fire. Um, that being said, you know, everything that that Ben mentioned is a fixable flaw in his game. Um, you know, you can learn to read defenses better. You can learn how to improve your footwork. Some guys never do but Mm -hmm. it's a it's a thing that you can improve upon um you know being accurate with the ball throwing with anticipation um those are things he also has to work on um especially throwing with anticipation he threw a lot of completions to guys who were basically standing still last year um and and that was the real the biggest difference when duck came in that duck was actually willing to like throw the ball out in front of guys and try and lead them a little bit and hit them on the run um you know like ben's Ben was absolutely right about what happened with Duck towards the end of the season. You know, defenses started playing tighter coverage. He couldn't, you know, lead receivers as much, and he threw some bad passes, made some really bad decisions, tried to play hero ball a few times when he had, you know, guys open for first downs instead of chucking it down the field into triple coverage yeah. or double coverage True. with Tre'Davious White, the best corner in the league. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm still mad about that. Uh, but I I think Ben's absolutely right that there's definitely going to be a a training camp competition, probably between Hodges and Lynch. Um, I would not rule out the possibility of us drafting a quarterback on the third day of the draft. Um, Definitely not day one or two. We don't Mm -hmm. have a day one pick. Um, Definitely not day two, but I I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility, um, you know, for like a fifth, sixth round pick type guy, um, just to come in and kind of challenge for that third spot. Uh, during training camp with Hodges and Lynch Barrett was just signed in week 17 because we were playing the Ravens to kind of run that offense on the practice squad. I I agree. I don't see him staying around really even to OTAs. He'll probably be a, a, you know, an early cut once Mm -hmm. free agency starts to happen and um, all that stuff. At most, they usually bring four quarterbacks to training camp. So I'll be shocked if they bring more than four to camp. Same. Um, yeah. Uh, which probably means that if they draft somebody um, either Hodges or Lynch is getting cut. So uh, that's the way I'm looking at it. Definitely going to be a camp competition for the number three spot though. I think given the quarterbacks we have though, Lynch probably fits the profile of Ben and Rudolph better Um than than Hodges does for just mm-hmm. sort of the the body type, the style of game he's capable of playing. Yeah, um, and that's the other thing you always have to consider with a backup quarterback is you don't want a backup quarterback that's going to play a distinctly different style than your starter because then your whole offense has to change when the backup comes in. You want a backup can I just that can play a similar style as the starter? Can I yeah. just
1: pipe in here real quick yep. on that point? I just want yep. to put an exclamation point on this. What Ian just said: you don't want to have a backup who can play as a completely different style of offense than your starter does. And that's because it's difficult to install a game plan on three days and have that guy come in and be successful. We saw that this year with Rudolph mm-hmm. when he, with his first start, and he, he was not great by any stretch uh, versus San Francisco. Uh, a long road trip on top of that. I don't want to call it a hostile stadium, but it's not, you know. Yeah, it's an away game. Know. Yeah, It's an away game. Uh, Against the team is that the you Super Bowl not... from the NFC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nonetheless. Whatever. He's not. Anyway. Uh, he, uh... <laughs> this is why you do not sign a Colin Kaepernick. Okay. I am really exhausted with
0: this argument. They should sign Colin Kaepernick and blah, blah. He would. Well, be now it's, you know it's Mariota's, the new one I keep seeing. He doesn't fit. Right.
1: <laughs> uh, Mariota would actually fit better, but he's not he's actually not a fit either. I, you know, no. so.
0: No, you, you have to find. Yeah.
1: Experienced backup quarterbacks make between 5 million and $7 million a year. The Steelers can't afford them. One, two, your backup has to play the basically the same style of defense that your starter, excuse me, offense mm-hmm. that your starter does. If he doesn't fit, he doesn't fucking fit. Stop. Yeah. Knock it off.
0: And that once again, on. there goes our PGA. Well, it, it, you know, I, I'm just going to add this with with obviously the Eli Manning retirement today. Uh, you have Philip Rivers, and um, you know the, the the rest of his brood have all moved to Florida now. Um, you know, I you wonder if Ben isn't motivated a little bit when he sees these other two guys kind of crumbling down around him. Um, and and knows and obviously there's not much he can do about it if that elbow doesn't respond, then it doesn't respond. Um, but you almost wonder if there's a little motivation there, and I'm I'm just maybe thinking a little glass half uh, full there. But you know, I'm hopeful. But I agree with the with what you guys said there the rest of the way. Um, as far as the running backs go. You know, I, I think we've said numerous times on, on the show that that we love James Conner as a, as a person. We think he plays football very hard. Um, we, we think he does a lot of great things, but he cannot stay healthy. And therefore, it's very difficult for us to to suggest that the Steelers would consider uh, giving him another contract. So where do you go, uh, Ben? Where, where do you go with the running back situation uh, right now?
1: Uh, I draft a running back. I yep. uh, James Conner has got all the ability you want in a starter. He really does. He can run outside. He can run inside. He's a, a pretty good receiver. He can pick up the blitz. The problem is he just can't be counted on to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And as much as his body has gone through, I'm sorry to say this, with the cancer and with his yeah. numerous injuries – it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Uh, I, you know, I let James play out his contract and then I probably let him leave um, or I sign him to something that's really, really affordable. But then what you've got behind him is Samuels, who seemed to regress last year. Uh, after, you Definitely know, having after a,
2: the injury, he regressed.
1: Yeah, yeah, after having a, you know, kind of a nifty rookie year, he comes back in and he just wasn't the same guy. He didn't have that pop. Couldn't get outside. Didn't have burst. Uh, couldn't pick up the blitz to save his life. Uh, and and you know you can't if you can't pick up the blitz you can't play on third down. No, you, you just can't. You know. And then you got Benny Snell, who's a little better at picking up the blitz, but not great. But he can't run outside. He's not a good receiver. He's mm-hmm. basically a power back only. He's not ready to be a starter. I know a lot of fans really believe that he is. They're wrong. Um, and then you have got <laughs> Kareth White. Who has got burst, but not much else. But it's you know, his burst is yeah. great. I, I love it, but it's not none of those guys are complete backs aside from Connor, and Connor just can't be counted on to stay yeah. healthy. So you've got to add a running back, which means probably that Careth White gets bumped off of the roster and is gone. Um, and Trey Edmonds should yeah, be gone I mean, already. I mean, I you know, he's he did some decent things this year, he did. Mm-hmm. But he's mm-hmm. just—he's not a guy that you want long term in that spot. Then you got a couple of guys behind him, Darren Hall and Ralph Webb. But that—you know uh, yeah, they'll—they'll they'll be around for camp. They're camp bodies, and that'll be that.
0: Yeah, no, I—I I, I agree. And um, you know, Ian, as I uh, slide the discussion your way, there, um, do you do you agree that Snell is just—I I, mean—is he just going to be your between the tackles, maybe third down? Uh, third and short type guy or does he have a potential future as a starter as a lot of fans seem to think i i think it's somewhere in between benny snell would have been an
2: awesome running back in 1995 right? <laughs> he's the kind of guy who right? seems to get stronger yeah. as the game goes on um you know you give him the more carries you give him it seems like the better he gets but we're just not in a league right now where you can give a guy 35 carries in a game and let him just wear down a defense. Yeah. Um, you know Snell is Ben was absolutely right in his analysis. You know Snell's great be, pretty good but not great. Pretty good between the tackles. I mean, you know, he can he mm-hmm. can rattle off 4 to 5 yards of pop. Um the biggest problem with our running back group right now is that we don't have a player that is capable of scoring from anywhere on the field. Um uh, and really we saw that a lot this year with you know we we're kind of hamstrung at the quarterback position and The, you know, a lot of defenses were stacking the box, playing press coverage on receivers that we needed players that were capable of taking it to the house anytime they touched the ball. And we saw it a few times with the wide receivers. And I realize I'm transitioning a little bit there, but, you know, mm-hmm. Juju had a few catches early in the season before he got hurt where he was able to, you know, break a couple tackles and, and score long touchdowns, one against San Francisco. Um, James Washington, same thing. Deontay Johnson, same thing. So we we have that capability in the wide receiver group. We really right. don't with the running back group, even for as good as James Conner is as an all around back with catching, receiving and blocking, he's still not capable of scoring from anywhere on the field. Um, And this running back class in the draft is incredibly deep um, and very good with talented guys that also have speed to burn. Um, So, you know, I agree that I think drafting a running back is the best way to go, especially because running back is a young man's game in this league. That said, if you could get a guy like Kenyon Drake, if the Cardinals don't re-sign him for relatively cheap, that would be somebody, if you can get him cheap because of our salary cap situation, Mm -hmm. I'd be willing to consider bringing him in because, you know, I mean, you saw it with Arizona this year. Um, That guy's a a better Kareth White um, that, you know, he can score from anywhere on the field. He's a capable kick returner. And, and, I mean, you even saw it when he was in Miami. He scored that long touchdown against uh, New England to win that one game. True. Um, on the last play of the game, when they tried to put Gronk
0: in on defense, which was hilarious.
2: Um, but <laughs> well, actually,
0: so, uh, so Ian, where 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 would you draft a running back here? Because I I think most of us probably the consensus is the sec second round we we we've got to find maybe a tight end. Uh, I may- consider maybe, it, it, depending know, on guard. Who's there? I'd
2: consider running yeah. back in the second round. I mean, I think I think day two, okay. so either second or third round. The problem you have is. You know, your first pick's 49th overall, mm-hmm. or your first pick. Our first pick is 49th right, overall, right. Um, and then our second pick is, like, what, 102, 103. So, we only have one pick in the top 100 because our, our third-round pick we traded to Denver as part of the Devin Bush deal. So, yeah. our third-round pick is going to be the, the comp pick Shut we up. get for Le'Veon Bell, which is still up in the air. It's not for certain that we're going to get that. Um But assuming we do, it's going to be at the tail end of the third round. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have to look at there's a big gap between, you know, 49th overall and 102 overall. And if you got to take a risk and, you know, maybe reach for a running back at 49, if it's a guy who's a game breaker, it's, you know, it's definitely worth it if you can. um, Okay you know, if he can, if he can change the game. Um, And actually on that same note, I think Jalen Samuels, if he doesn't improve is the guy who's potentially on the chopping block, I think there's a, you know, I think Connor's pretty solidified in his position, at least to start the year, even if they draft someone, I think Benny Snell carved out a role for himself and really it comes down to white and Samuels for a, a third down kind of scat back role. And I know they like being able to move Samuels around, but I think if, if you let Kareth white, learn the offense, work his way into the NFL. He was just a mm-hmm. rookie last year. We picked him up off of, uh, you know, it was the Bears practice squad. Um, so he was a guy we talked about actually during our draft prep last year that we wouldn't be, we, we wouldn't mind taking like, you know, a fifth or sixth round flyer on. And they wound up basically getting him for free off somebody else's practice squad. So, um, you know, I, I think White has a chance to develop and, potentially be that sort of third down scat back kind of guy if he can learn how to pick up the blitz and the other difference we yeah. didn't mention is having roosevelt nicks back would make a huge difference in the running game
0: well yeah and you know we'll transition to fullback and i i mean i i wrote a little piece you know kind of the significance of of him not being there and i, I think people just looked at the title and assumed that that um we played the old i formation and lined up behind nicks every play and that wasn't really the point of the article um, because we, we don't use Knicks a whole lot, but, but when he is on the field as a potential lead blocker, there is a difference. Uh, teams have to adjust to that. So, I mean, I, I think we all kind of agree, um, without getting into fullback too much that, that he's the guy and it would take something pretty extraordinary to beat him because Danny, the gum chewer Smith loves him on special teams too. So as long as he's healthy, he's not going anywhere. Um, but Ben, I get the feeling you would not do a running back in the second round.
1: No, I think they need to invest in the offensive line and do what we saw the teams that ran the ball effectively in the playoffs did and and have an offensive line that gets your running back to the second level without being touched. I mean, if, I, if James Conner, for example, gets to the linebackers with a full head of steam, Mm -hmm. he's dragging them for another three or five yards easy. Yeah. Every time. No argument here. Yep. So you put them in a position where they can be successful. And to me, what you do is ideally perfect world. You take a center, you know, if if there is a center that's worthy of the pick in the second round and you put him at guard the way they did Dermani Dawson when they drafted him. Mm-hmm. And he was a second rounder out of Kentucky, and you you put him there, and you let him play guard while Pounce plays center, and then when Pouncey transitions out, you move him into center. Again, perfect world. We'll see what happens. Right. But that right. that would be my preference for the first pick. would Would be to build the offensive line, concentrate on that because. A great deal of what went wrong this year on offense started with the line. They were awful. Uh, David DeCastro flat out said, we're not even doing the bare minimum.
0: Yeah, I don't know was, how yeah.
1: much more you can say.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a, a pretty telling uh, statement. Um, I, I, I do want to uh, move on to wide receivers just simply because there's more of them. Um and and certainly some questions there. Um, Ian, I I know you you wanted to to chime in on that one first, so so go ahead. What what are, what are we thinking at wide receiver here?
2: Yeah, so I, I touched on the wide receivers a little bit already. That Juju's the number one, James Washington, Deontay Johnson are two and three. Um, and and really all three of those guys you can move them around too. You can play them each out of the mm-hmm. slot. You can play them out wide. You can send them on go routes down the field. They're they're all capable of playing anywhere on the field and that gives you some good versatility you can work some matchups things like that get good corner cornerback wide receiver matchups i i'm fine with our top three wide receivers after that there's a whole bunch of question marks though um, you know we've seen them keep either five or six receivers the last few years so there are roster spots to be had here um, i think dion kane was a guy we picked up um, off the Colts practice squad in the middle of the year. Same week, we picked up Kareth white, actually. Um, yeah. I think he showed enough as being on the outside that if he had better quarterback play, he could potentially be a number four receiver. Um, right. So I'll say he showed enough mm-hmm. to at least get a training camp invite to compete for the spot. I don't know if he'll actually win the spot, but I think yeah. he showed enough to, to come to camp and be able to compete for a spot. Um, Ryan Switzer was flat out terrible uh, <laughs> and should not be on the team next year in any capacity. Um, so hopefully they get rid of him. Johnny Holton was a complete disappointment. Uh, I mean, Johnny Holton, uh, we we all kind of felt like you know he had a great preseason. We we talked about this on the show that he deserved a, a shot I, to on this roster. He out I was sucked in all over the place. wide receiver special teams everywhere even kick coverage I mean Holton in that last preseason game had a few tackles on special teams that you were like wow this guy just won himself a roster spot by yeah and he did uh but he was a complete disappointment this season then Deontay Spencer uh, had a Pro Bowl caliber year in Denver as their kick returner so I don't I don't know what happened there Um, if it's, oh, well, I mean, part of the problem with special teams is that Danny Smith just sucks and we have no team (laughs) for kick returns. So, um, it's kind of a free for all anyways, but at any rate, Switzer should be gone. Holton should be gone. And then the other guys are are really just camp bodies. The only one that potentially could make some noise is Quadri Henderson, who was a very good kick returner at Pitt. Mm -hmm. Um, he was in camp with the Steelers last year. Um, they brought him back to the practice squad towards the end of, uh, or no, sorry, not the practice squad. Uh, they signed him to a futures contract at the end of the year. Um, so he'll probably be back in training camp again next year, trying to win that kick or turn or roll. Uh, but really number four, or number five are wide open. I wouldn't be shocked to see them take a wide receiver in this draft sometime as well. Oh, they yeah.
0: always, yeah, they, they always do. do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ben, Ben, before you get going, you, uh, Switcher's going to be on this team next year, isn't he? No. He's got a very friendly little contract, and they love him.
1: They like his attitude, but what did he do (laughs) at the end of the year? He didn't do Dick. Nothing. Yeah, he went on injured reserve. Yeah. But as I understood it, the injury wasn't all that bad. They just needed the roster spot, and they're like, (laughs) yeah, you need to go. Uh, So I – you know – even before that he wasn't doing much he was returning no. kicks and doing it poorly so no. I, I i don't i just don't i don't see it when when your only role the only solidified role you have on the team is you return kicks and you suck at it you're not going to get invited back i know Danny Smith likes him i know Danny Smith like John, likes Johnny Holton and mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. You know, Ian hit the nail on the head. That's how Johnny Holton made the team. They wanted him for special teams, and he played on special teams. He made he did a couple of good things in the regular he did. season. It he wasn't did. it wasn't what we expected when we saw We're him next, playing. Right. You know, when we saw him playing uh, in the preseason, I yeah. I was like, wow, this guy's going to be a demon. This is going to be awesome. You can't cut him. But yeah, you can cut him. It reminds me of Derek Moy and who was the other guy from Penn State
2: wide brown. receiver oh yeah brown, brown.
1: brown. Yep. yeah 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 just, uh, justin
2: brown who was always the guy during otas and you know practicing pads or practice without pads practicing shorts that they said was blowing it up and looked awesome and then never showed up when they put the pads on <laughs> yep.
1: right right yep. i mean and and you know we we've all gotten sucked in by it uh we certainly are not immune to it i'm not trying to pretend that they, you know we were all above it just yeah, that definitely happened with Holton this year. You know, he was the he was the Justin Brown award winner where he sucked us all and we were going to believe it, and it didn't happen. I agree with Ian. Your number one is still Juju. Your number two is Deontay. I think that Deontay is your future number one. What I saw <laughs> him – he he did a lot of things that showed a lot of promise last year. Um, I've been pretty critical of him in the offseason because people are talking about him like he's a god. Uh, he had a 64% catch percentage, which is like 68 for guys that had 50 plus targets. But well, ex- uh,
0: explain what that is, though, Ben, because I, I don't think a lot of people understand what the, the, that is.
1: Catch percentage? Basically, yeah. it's just this is you had you had let's say you had 100 targets, you caught 68 of them. <laughs>
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and again, I don't, I, I, I think there's a percentage of people that don't understand, understand. I, you know, I mean, they basically. Agree. Yeah.
1: It, it's just, you, you caught X number of balls, the ratio of balls caught versus targets thrown to you. Um, he had 83 total touches. He fumbled five times. That's a big problem. A 6% fumble rate is it's super good. high. That, that kid's got to learn to secure the ball on yeah. the flip side. He runs routes really, really well. I mean, mm-hmm. for a rookie that was ridiculous that was ridiculous and he's only going to get better when Ben sees a guy that open consistently he's going to start looking for him and all he's got to do is catch the ball and his quarterback's going to have confidence in him and he's going to keep throwing it to him I think he is the future number one it may not happen this season but he is the future number one for this time being Juju is and then behind that you have Washington and yeah, Ian's dead on four, five, maybe six. If they keep a six, those are wide open right now. Yeah. Yeah. Witzer sucks. I, I would cut them now. Honestly, <laughs> I think it's, it's pointless, but they won't. Yeah,
0: you know, I, that's what I was getting at. I, I totally agree with both of you. Um, and, and I, to me, just watching, um, Johnson return punts was, was all the proof that anyone needed to know. I, I, I mean, um, he, he could actually make guys miss. He could actually get hit and not go down. Um, I, I mean, it was just like, Hey, what more do you need to see? But no, I agree. He's going to be in camp and, and eventually I think it'll, it'll, it'll happen. But, um, until then he he's still going to be around. Um, let's move over to, uh, tight ends because this, this is certainly an interesting situation that, that is, is what it is. It's developing a little bit too. Um, And uh, Ben, I'm going to, I'm going to let you go first on, on this one. Um, Where are you with the tight end situation? You know, Vance McDonald has a pretty good contract, but yet there's still some people that think the Steelers may part ways.
1: His blocking was really poor last year. And I think that's the biggest criticism people have of him is is, it just didn't seem like he was that interested in blocking. Um, I think that he was injured more than that though. There were a lot of times I looked at that whole line, especially when they were on a silent count, and I was mm-hmm. like, do you guys even know the count? Do you know? You're, you're not firing off in unison. I don't understand what the issue is. Either McDonald couldn't hear mm-hmm. the snap count, or he didn't know what it was, and he was guessing. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, I never did. I mean, the whole, the whole season... The performance of the offensive line, including the tight ends, when it came to run blocking, was a mystery to me. I could not yep. understand what Good the hell they it. were trying to do. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people were turned off by it. It it looked like, you know, he just wasn't interested. Um, so I get it. By the same token, the guy is talented. Um, I think that, you know, basically – he's going to be back because he's got Mm -hmm. an affordable contract. What I'd like to see them do is re-sign Nick Finette. I think he has got a lot of ability. Uh, There are some rumors that uh, Jesse James might get cut by the Lions and might Mm -hmm. be willing to come back to Pittsburgh on a cheap deal. A lot of people want to see that happen. Um, I guess I would probably be – I don't know. More inclined to do that than to sign Vanette if if you know, if it's apples to apples kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd like them to cut Zach Gentry tomorrow because he sucks, but they won't. <laughs> um, so you know, that's kind of where I'm at with the uh, the tight ends. Uh, there's some garbage behind Gentry. Um, no, I shouldn't say that. Kevin Rader was a good blocker, at least.
2: Um, Yes, Christian Christian Scotland Williamson fumbles in the preseason, though. Yeah, he did. Christian
1: Scotland Williamson um, looks uh, uh, like he's learning to play football. I'm not super impressed, and this is his last year, I believe. He's gonna say this
0: is year three, I think. Yeah, so I think he's done. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's been a nice experiment. He's hung in there quite well, but I I tend to agree with you. I think if he was going to do anything, it probably would have happened by now. Um, Ian, where where are you on the uh tight end? Yeah,
2: we talked about this last week with Vance McDonald's contract that mm-hmm. I think he's the 14th or 16th highest paid tight end in the league right now, which, you know, for what for what Vance does and what he's capable of doing is probably about right. It's a market value contract and considering what Jesse James got on the free agent market last year, um you're probably not going to be able to cut Vance and then sign another tight end for much less than what you'll, you'll save by cutting him. So I really don't see cutting Vance as a viable option at this point in time. The question is really what you do at number two. I, I agree. Nick Vanette showed some flashes last year. Um, I did want to throw out a question to Ben though. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you, you mentioned the, the quarterback play sort of plays into both tight ends and the offensive line play, you know, how much of the struggles in the, the run game with blocking with all that do you think is attributable to not only the quarterback play of, you know, getting the snap count, right. But also, you know, being able to make audibles at the line or being able to even identify what the defense is running and call an audible. If one needs to be made, if you have the wrong play called, or were they just marching up there and running whatever play was called out of the huddle?
1: The the latter. They were just running up there and calling whatever play was was uh was, was called in the huddle and the defense was adjusting to the formation and the offense was not counter adjusting, not much anyway. And it yeah, it wasn't good. Um so that, that maybe that may have played into it. I, I certainly would agree that if Ben were out there it it might have been different um by the same token a lot of that is just kicking the ass of the man in front of you. Right. That, that's blocking. And those guys weren't doing it.
0: Man. No. Well, it goes back to the DeCastro comment. The, the minimal we're doing. We're not even doing the minimum. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know,
1: Pouncy, pouncy. I don't know how he made the pro bowl. That, that yeah. makes no sense to me. None. Um, DeCastro is probably deserving. I didn't think he had a great year either, but he, you know, he was, he was pretty solid and, And when he hits his blocks, devastating. Yeah. Um, Pounce made it on
2: on reputation. Definitely. Let's just be honest. He did. I agree. Yeah.
1: Name recognition.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Looping back to tight end just for a minute here. It, yeah. it seems like there is some depth in the tight end class in the draft tight ends, a position it's been getting more popular in the first round lately. Obviously uh, there were two tight ends taken in the first round last year. Both the kids from mm-hmm. Iowa went mm-hmm. to Detroit. The other one went to Denver in the, in the pick that was ours that we traded for Devin Bush. Um, right. But really, I mean, there's still, that's only two tight ends when you compare it with other positions um, that are going in the first round. And that was, a high year so you can probably get you know sometimes the second maybe the third best tight end in the second or third round of the draft and um you know that's a that's a position where guys will fall um the one other guy that i'm going to keep an eye on potentially this offseason is cameron Brait. um Mm -hmm. the his contract in tampa is six million dollars with currently no guarantees but 4 million of it becomes guaranteed on March 22nd so Ooh. Tampa could save all that $6 million against the cap if they cut him before March 22nd. Um, And as we know from having Bruce Arians here in Pittsburgh, he does not like to run a lot of two tight end sets. He likes a lot more of 11 personnel. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, they've got OJ Howard, who is definitely their number one tight end. Um, Brake didn't even play a a ton of snaps last year for for Tampa Bay. So, you know, potentially if he's a casualty down there, That also wouldn't hurt the the comp pick formula. Um, that being said, you know he's got a he's only going to be twenty nine years old. He's twenty eight. He's got four years left on his deal that basically average you know six and a half million over the next four years. So he's gonna look for a big contract on the market. I don't know if he'll be able to get it, right, but right. Um, you know that's that's a potential <clears throat> cap casualty that. Um, you know Tampa doesn't have any dead money if they cut him right now because f- of the way they structured his contract um they they basically just gave him a roster bonus the first year and guaranteed his second year salary um but from here on out it's no it, it becomes guaranteed you know whenever march 22nd what's that the 3rd or 5th day of the league year something like that mm-hmm. but you know they could they could save six million if they cut him before that so that's a potential free agent to keep an eye on and he is much better than eric ebron is eric ebron can't catch anything um i mean you thought dante markrieff had drop issues go watch some (laughs) eric ebron tape
0: oh believe me lions fans know all about that up here uh for sure We, we we've got a few minutes left guys and i know we haven't got a ton of time to dive into the offensive line here but um you know, we, we've talked a little bit about it, you know, did, I, I, let, let me go to the obvious here. Um, uh, Ian, does, is Ramon Foster back at all in any capacity? No, um, that's, yeah. that's the quick answer, but then the question becomes,
2: what do you do with the rest of the line? Right. Yeah. Um, so Matt Filer, who was our right tackle this year, um, is going to be a restricted free agent. So they'll have, you know, first rights three to get a contract on him. Yeah. And I think they three probably million. will. I, what's that second round tender? I think is 3 million. Yep. Yeah. Second round tender
1: so, is three million. If you give him the original round tender, he leaves,
2: you get nothing. Screw and he that. was an undrafted free agent, so the original round tender is worthless. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I mean you're still gonna have your you're gonna have Villain is gonna be your left tackle, um, DeCastro will be your right guard, Pouncey mm-hmm. will be your center. Um you re-sign filer, but then the question becomes, where do you go from there? Do you move filer to to left guard where Foster was? Um and Put core four who was a third-round draft pick that you haven't seen anything yeah. out of at, at right tackle. Do you let Zach Banner slide in at right tackle? You know, is there some competition there? Uh, BJ Finney's going to be an unrestricted free agent, and he was not good at all at center last year, but he's played very well at guard over the Much years when he's guard. had a chance to play guard. Um, so really the question starts with Filer, though. If, if you want to keep Filer at tackle, and he did have his struggles there last year because he is a little bit undersized, uh, you know, he wasn't bad in pass blocking, but run blocking, he, he struggled. Um, and he had some struggles in pass blocking too. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but mm-hmm. overall he was probably middle of the pack as far as right tackles go for pass blocking. Um, yeah. but if you want him to play right tackle, then you got to go out and find a guard. Do you re-sign Finney? Do you draft one like Ben suggested? All those options are on the table. Um, yeah. But then what happens with a core four that you spent a third round pick on before um, Zach Banner's a restricted free agent. They'll probably be able to bring him back at a relatively cheap deal. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and getting back to actually the Roosevelt Knicks point, Zach Banner probably wouldn't be the cult personality that he is right now if Roosevelt Knicks had played the whole season. Cause a lot of, a lot of what had to happen in the blocking game was predicated on, you didn't have a fullback. So you had to bring in an extra lineman, but you only were dressing two tight ends. So they were bringing in, banner to block and it was a whole cascade of issues um true so uh, i i would be intrigued by moving filer to guard um the one game against the rams where they moved him inside last year was um a, a good schematic move and a core four wasn't terrible when they played him at tackle but i think that was the only game a core four got a helmet for all season so um the, you know there's some some question marks there that um you know banner was the yeah. guy they gave the helmet to to, to play the sixth lineman position essentially in the swing tackle spot so um there there's room for competition here really the only guarantees i think are villain DeCastro castro and pouncey
0: yeah yeah i, I agree and, uh, and actually, I, I think... I'll,
2: I'll, I'll agree with ben too before we let ben jump in but i think filers on the team in some capacity i just don't know where he plays
0: yeah uh and ben we're we're right up against it so i'm going to uh extend our offensive line chat into our next show if that's all. Right. Right. But um All
2: right.
0: Uh, yeah. I I mean let's face it, we won't talk much about the defense because there's nothing to talk about. Uh no, oh, anyway. You're um, right. <laughs> anyway, uh thanks to uh twenty six shirts dot com slash Pittsburgh and uh Uh, specifically thanks for several great years of uh, sponsoring or presenting the podcast. They have made the decision to kind of move on and and we totally understand that decision. So we'll be looking for a new sponsor there, but uh, uh, next time we will uh, wrap up the offensive line and the defense and for Ian and Ben, this is steel dead signing off on the steel city blitz Steelers podcast and Hey, go Steelers.